Welcome to I Do, I Did, I'm Done, the podcast about life's challenges and how to handle them. I'm Randy Fincher. I'm a wife, mama, and a wedding planner. I'm Henry Fincher, and I'm a trial lawyer. We're We're married. married. Okay. I have had so many people message me on social media since we've announced our podcast. And back to the, let's just go back to the first podcast and let's talk about how we talked about how I just don't give two shits anymore. So with this topic, someone said to me at school when I was dropping off Millie, they said, how do you all do it? How do you seem so happy? How, how do you make time for everything? You know, what, what, what are your love languages? I'm reading the love language book and I'm just really, what are your love languages? And I thought about that and I thought, well, you know, I'm a Leo. I like all of them, honey, (laughs) but I do have a few favorites, which is acts of service and physical touch and words of affirmation. I love quality time. That's probably my very top one. But I think all of that goes hand in hand into those three. Again, acts of service, quality time, or well, no, excuse me, physical touch, and words of affirmation, which leads into what are we going to talk about, Henry? What's the title of this wonderful podcast? You're going to be wrong. Okay, well, the title of our wonderful podcast today is called Feed Me, Fuck Me, and Tell Me I'm Pretty. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the keys to a happy wife. Happy wife, happy life, right? Hey, uh, so far so good. And it's uh, when Let's the formula, be clear, I don't cook. <laughs> when the formula is this simple, much, it's, it's wonderful. So yeah, but one of the challenges that people face in starting a relationship and keeping their relationship alive is finding out what the other person needs and what the other person loves. And I'm lucky in that my bride loves those three things. I'm also fortunate in that I picked up some cooking skills along the way. Uh, apparently, the other skills are fine. She's still here. She married me. Uh, yeah. And so it's far, very, so good, baby. <laughs> thank you, baby. It's very easy to tell her she's pretty because she's beautiful. And so with the person you're with, what do they like? What do they want to do? And we get so wrapped up in our own lives and what we need, what we're not getting, and what we're not enjoying or receiving, or at least that's what I've gone through in earlier places, that sometimes we forget that the best way to get what we need is to give the other person what they need. Amen. I'm at church today. (laughs) And so you'd be taking benefit of the extra years of living that I've uh, blundered through in in my years and having made many of the mistakes that I'm uh, warning against. Uh, find out what she likes. And what are those things you like, Randy? Feed me, fuck me, and tell me I'm pretty. Hey, that's my girl. And so, <laughs> you know, and it does. It corresponds to the love languages that I wish I had the author's name handy because they they wrote the book. They probably have the whole idea trademarked. So, but the uh, the whole idea is that there are specific love languages, the way people express their love for somebody else and the way they love. It's Gary Chapman, by the way. Gary Chapman. Thank you, Gary. That's my young bride with a brilliant mind. And so Gary Chapman wrote this book and people, it's pretty familiar now. People know. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. And so you find out what they like. Well, I think for me is I remember hearing about this book at church, actually. It's like my parents reading the book. And I think, being a young Southern woman in this area, there's things you don't talk about. And I wish I would have learned more about more in depth with this because it's like, oh, no, no, we don't talk about sex. Oh, no, we're not going to be talking about, you know, what we enjoy. That's selfish. And as I've gone older, especially marrying you, I've realized 
I just, I, I don't care anymore. I mean, again, I care about the people that I love, the community and all that. But what I really, what I know I, that I now need is these three things. And it makes me happier. And it, honestly, when I have those three things, my house is happy. And my grandma, my granny Jessie, I just love her to death. My mama's mama. She always said, you know, you found the right man when you just can't keep your hands off of him. And I just remember being like, I don't, what are you talking about? Like, I don't understand. Now I now I get it. Well, and it also helps when you like being married to who you're married to, you know, and not... It's a big plus. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. enjoying actually being married to the person you want to wake up to every single morning. Bad breath farts and all, you know? What? I don't know what you're Not you. About. I'm just <laughs> talking about... about cat, right? No, <laughs> I'm to know. Well, well, no, what I'm saying is those are things that come with it. No. It, and real life is real. It's... And- it's, it's it's real stuff. And so I think it's so important for me. Like I get hangry. If I don't have my food, you better watch out. And I think every Southern woman, when their husband's like, are you hungry? No, I'm not hungry. Of course they're hungry. Give them, give them a, put a snack in front of them. It works with our girls. So, you know, people got to eat and then they need extra loving. You know, that's where that second part comes in. Well, it's a lot about communication, and and as relationships grow and change, the people change, and uh, uh, and bodies change. Bodies change. Really, everything changes in a lot of ways. And so, I've heard people. I longest I got was like I've said before was a fifteen year marriage. It was (laughs) plenty long enough. But the folks that have successful long term, my parents were married 67 years. Yeah, Your my parents, parents just, just hit 40 years. Celebrate their 40 years of Lord marriage. Lord have mercy. And what I've heard people in such long term relationships say is it's you, a choice. You, well, it's a choice and you you have to keep falling in love. You because the person changes and you have to find what you love about the person that they're becoming. And it's it's an evolution and, and it's a task. Or someone I know said it's cheaper to keep her. <laughs> well, yeah, there's some pragmatic concerns <laughs> that go into the, the longer relationships. I, but my, no, I'm with you. Yeah, I'm with you completely. So. I look at my parents. My mom got married at 19 and my dad was 26. And I remember going to bed. Um, she, my mom would put me to sleep. And every night I would always say, tell me how they tell me the story of how you and dad met. Uh-huh. And my mom literally just graduated high school, was in her freshman year at Tech. My dad was teaching in Clay County. And they met in March. They started dating. And then that September, they were married. They've been married 40 years. And I just look. A true love story. I look back at that, and I'm like, wow, I hope we can make it 40 years. I mean, you'll be, you know, what, 94? Yeah, you'll be feeding me oatmeal or something. <laughs> That's I mean, all like right. Oatmeal, but, yeah. but if you feed it to me, I might like it. So, yeah. <laughs> But, I mean, I just think it's great. Like, it's a choice every day, and it's you have to remember why you married that person and what you love most about them. And if it's anything I've learned with our marriage is – that first year has been the hardest year, you know? I mean, we went through so much with the miscarriage, and then we went through, good God, you know, Maggie. And I'll never forget our one-year anniversary was us, you know, complaining and fussing at a nurse just because yeah. we didn't have a good one that day. And well, she was not we, just not good. She well, was abysmal. We just sat there, yeah. and I was like, well, happy anniversary, baby. This time next year, I hope we're not doing what we're doing right now. So, you know, it just, I think... I think it's so important to have that time, you know, and if you're going to sit and have sex and Bluey's in the background or princesses and the frogs in the background or whatever's in the background, or as my friend said, 
the other day to me. She was like, it's Christmas time. Tell your kids you have to talk to Santa. <laughs> you do what you have to do, you know? Good fences make good neighbors, so we need good locks on the doors. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And then the pretty part, like, I've been through so much change with my body and you know, a C-section really did me in. I just, I really, you know, I had abs of steel before I had kids. And then now it's like, oh, I don't know, hot mess express. But now like with working out and yes, I did take Ozempic and I would highly recommend it. And this is not a paid advertising for Ozempic, <laughs> but you know, it helped and it worked out for my body and with what I needed. And I finally feel stronger and better, but just hearing, oh, hey, you look beautiful. Hey, you're pretty. It goes a long way. So, yeah, thank you for all the kind things you well, do for me and to me. <laughs> you're welcome. Well, and, and women have, in particular, have trouble taking compliments about their appearance. and Especially mamas. I, well, you know, women change. And, the, and the, society is so hard on, on women's standards of beauty. I mean, they, they, they've got these ideals out there, and everyone's supposed to look like a, a, an 18-year-old runway model or they're somehow not pretty. Well, that's bullshit that's not true there's there's lots of beautiful people that don't look like that but if you're taught that that's the standard and that's what i think society teaches our girls and that's what gets internalized and i think that's part of the reason it's it's hard to take a compliment but uh ladies from a guy's standpoint if you your man compliments you or your partner compliments you take it say thank you don't say oh no i look like a goat's ass or whatever, you know, not that my lovely bride would ever say that in response to, <laughs> not a goat's to a ass. but yeah, the, the phrase railroad rat whore for some reason has come into the parlance. I'm not sure what that means at all, but it's apparently they don't look very attractive <laughs> or look road hard. Yeah, the hoochie wet. mamas, prostitutes on a railway looking like a whore. Where does a rat come into it? Well, there's rats on the railroad. There are. Yeah, not okay. here. I mean, there could be here. They're mice. Okay. So railroad mouse whore. Railroad mouse whore. Okay. But anyway, accept a compliment. Take it. And that's the other thing. If your partner is giving you something or trying to give you something. That's been hard for me. Reward it. Yeah. Accept it. And, and I think especially when you've yeah. been in really bad relationships yeah. and you've never heard it and you don't know how to take it, you're confused. Yeah. Or the past person you were with would only tell you that to get something out of it for themselves. Mm. That was my struggle. Oh, you're so pretty. Can you go and take my dry cleaning? Oh, you're so pretty. Can you go and, you know, um, I noticed that the bathroom was was dirty. Would you mind to go and clean it? Like, it's so nice to just be told, hey, you look great and not have to great, do. Oh, you're sweet. I am. Um, but it, you? it's, you better be. But it's, <laughs> it's just nice to not have to feel like I've got to reward you for telling me I'm pretty and I'm trying my best to say thank you. Yeah, because there are people who. They want something it. out of it. Yeah, it's just a ploy. It's just a tactic or, or whatever. But for people that are honestly trying to reinvigorate a relationship or keep it going or just want to do something nice for their partner, remembering their love language, figuring out their love language. Yeah. Speaking of. It's a way to do it. Yeah. What, are, what are your top three love languages? Well, I like. I like touch, obviously. Yeah. You know yeah. that. So that's a Hits good intersection Maggie. for us. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and. and I have a hard time taking compliments too. Um, Gen X wasn't too big on compliments. We uh, we just we got it done, and that was it. We were used. We were the last generation that got thoroughly beaten at school and uh, by the teachers, and you know it was all right. It's uh, but no, I I 
I really touch is my love language. I have gifts. I'm like, well, whatever. I mean, I, it doesn't. It's nice, but it doesn't. Yeah, I like gifts too. I Hence, you, I've bought I you a thousand do. different Christmas I know, gifts. I know, which is nice, and I've gotten you a, a lot of gifts. But that's that's not what revs my thing. Time together. Um, I think for me that true quality that time. has been so nice because I just I, I never thought number one I've never been married to someone that I really in want to be with I loved my ex-husband at the time thinking it was the motions and, and I and I did love him at the time with all my heart but then I realized people change things change things happen and I thank God every day for him because I have Amelia mm-hmm. but I sit and I look at my life and I'm like wow this is how my life should be. Well, it takes and two being mules married, to pull the plow. That's, uh, amen. You can't do a marriage What is it that you said also the other day we were in what the you car? Try. And you talking about a horse and water. I loved this. Oh, well, it's nothing new. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. You can create a situation where the person can benefit from it. But if they choose not to, if they choose ingratitude, if they choose to be walled off, if they choose to separate themselves, you can't fix that. But the thing you don't want to be is the person who's building the wall and the person who's hiding behind a wall because that's not going to lead anywhere good. And I think that the key to everything, again, is communication. Yeah. And it's tough sometimes. But speaking of food, let's go back to the feed me part. (laughs) So I'm so thankful that all your past... I call you, by the way, the the playboy of Putnam County before we got married. And I thank God. I just misunderstood. Yeah, whatever. But I thank God every day that you didn't know how to cook them because one of them might have stayed. (laughs) But, you know, I'm glad you finally decided to get stuck in Paris and take up cooking because, well, part of me is. The other 30 pounds of me that I gained was not. I'm glad I lost Mm. it. But I always love seeing on social media, TikTok and Instagram, Facebook, oh, follow me for my sport, you know, all my more recipes and how this food's so yummy. But I just sit and think and I'm like, hmm, follow my husband for more recipes because you're the chef in the house. Yeah, I cook, you know, some, but your food is just amazing. Well, thank you. And I love eating your food because it's just, you put time and effort and you, the educational background and the history, I know that's part of your background and your major with your, your degree, but like seeing our girls cook with you, Maggie, just sitting over there chewing on a giraffe toy or whatever, but watching Millie just sit there and like, huh, what is this, Baba? What is the, you know, Baba is her name for you, just so everybody knows, which means dad in several other languages, but you know, just finding out what, you're good at and what you enjoy cooking and how our girls can go in there with you and sit and watch you cook and, you know, ask questions. There's nothing better. Again, that goes back to quality time as well. Watching you cook, spending time with you, drinking a glass of wine while you cook for me. I mean, I really did luck up. So. Well, and, and the whole cooking thing, I went through life. I did guy cooking. I did uh, grilling. I could do breakfast. I could do barbecuing. My uncle taught me that, but I didn't know a lot else right and then like you mentioned i was i was traveling when COVID hit and got stuck in paris and everybody's like oh you were stuck in paris it's yeah well paris was shut down we were allowed out of the apartment an hour a day the only thing that was open restaurants weren't open there were no bars there were no cafes it's all closed i like to eat and i didn't know how to cook on a stove right there's no grills in paris right well they probably are but they weren't where i was staying 
So I had to learn how to cook. I took an online course. I'm locked inside all day. Might as well learn how to cook. And thank God for French grocery stores because they have great ingredients. And I learned how to cook a lot of stuff. And What did you make me on Thanksgiving? And can you just talk about it? Because it was so good. <laughs> sure. It's a New Orleans dish. It's an old Creole dish called Griots and Grits. And it's, it's, it, it's beef stewed in a bacon roux. Oh, and served over grits that were prepared uh, in a Paul Prudhomme style. Used instead of boiling them in water, uh, I used some beef broth, and it gave them a real hearty taste. I'm going to try chicken uh, the next time I do it, but it's uh, it takes a long time because it has to the beef has to stew, but it's delicious. I'm going to try it. I'm going to do it Tennessee style. I'm going to make the next one with country ham oh. in a in a in a bacon roux. You had me a bacon roux with chicken broth and the grits, and then I'm going to stew that country ham in there like we did the beef. I think it's going to. be I love that you said really we good. when you mean me. Yeah, well, we get to eat it. Yeah. So. And I yeah. get to clean. Hey, I clean. You do a great job at cleaning. She prefers to clean. She's she's learned all the weird as my family nickname called is Randella because I enjoy cleaning as a young child. Yeah. And that's a great act of service for me because I love to cook and eat, and I just cleaning is always the bane of my well, existence. We, we know it's a good yin and yang, baby. That's right. Just like just like Mulan, Chang and Mulan. Yep. <laughs> Disney reference for your parents out there. <laughs> What's one thing for you? that you just love about me because i'll tell you my thing about you first if you want i love the way you can tell i love words of affirmation yeah (laughs) tell me how awesome i am tell me how wonderful i am i love the way you walk into a space and it can be a room full of people it can be a room at the house it can be even a room at the hospital and you brighten it. You brighten it with your smile. You brighten it with your approach. And just just like my my home, I'd lived in this home for many years. When you came in, every it was like a Disney princess walking around and waving her arms and flowers going up everywhere. It was like the house gets brighter. Things get done. Now, your dad's hard work. He's the handyman <laughs> going around behind you. And meanwhile, you're Mr. Crab in the done. back with a money gun. He is my spirit animal. Um, yeah. So. Oh, that's sweet. I don't know what happened to my room of money I used to swim in. It's I don't all know. gone somewhere. Huh. Where, did, where did it go? Uh, the kitchen. Yeah, it probably did. So we got a nice kitchen. Yeah, I know. For you to oh, cook well. in. Yeah. Just make something. Well, that's eat. nice. But I love that about you. Everywhere you go, you brighten it and you, and you, you, you bring uh, joy. So what do you like about me? What I love most, I think what I love most about you for one of these things, I'm not going to share because we don't need to, because you know what I, you you know, (laughs) the hints Maggie, but number two would be that I love seeing the father and husband side of you because our entire community knows you as the biggest, baddest, I hear pit bull lawyer and how awesome and great you you are and how hardworking you are and how you fight for your clients. And then you're just such a badass man and you get the job done and you're just awesome at your job and you're well-respected as well. But I think my, I love that version of you, but I love when you come home and you just like, you were just in the big ball of mush and you just, the girls just eat you up and they just love you and you're hands on and you sit on the floor and you play with them and you goo and you go over them and you play Barbies. And 
and you know, you're just a great dad and you're good to me and the girls. And it's just, it's nice to be married to someone who, who takes time to spend time with your kids, especially a child that's not even theirs. So it's just nice to be able to be married to you and enjoy being around you and having two versions of you and being able to see both versions of you. But I love that you can hang the hat when you come home. You've actually gotten a lot better at that as, and you just hang it up and you're just a dad and you're just a great husband. So it's nice being uh, married with, to you. With age, it's, it's, you got, I've got a little bit more patience, actually a lot more You'd patience. have to have patience to be my husband. <laughs> well, as my mama would it's say. It's worth the investment. Take her off her hands. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a joy, but it's the baby, the babies are wonderful. Even my grown baby, it's, uh, they are, uh, they're, they're the, the reason we, we do life and it's so easy to get into the day to day and to be invested. You you're pulled, people are pulled in so many different directions. You're pulled by work. You're pulled by the need to market and you're pulled by the need to do your job. You're pulled by the need to get involved in the community and have all these things that just can take away from uh, the investment of time in, in, my bride and in my children and I, I've worked hard to do that different this yeah. go around and well, uh, so far so good I'm good ready baby. for baby number two with you <laughs> giddy up <laughs> so what's the next episode going to be about I think oh honestly I do want to talk about this a lot of people just want to hear about mamahood and fatherhood how do we do what we do and how do we make time for one another and how do you tell each how do you tell people no so i think people that i've been asking hey what do you want to hear what do you want to hear they're like we just want to see and hear about your day-to-day life what does a, a normal day look like and my response to them has been each day changes and you have to roll with the punches says the wedding planner who has everything timeline t- down to a t perfectly but i think the next podcast needs to be talking about how to have the best routine for your family and i think honestly the best key to that is just do you and everything else will fall into place you just need to take care of the people in your household and everything else, all the chaos around it. It's okay to say no. I think I've learned that along the way and saying no is key to success, honestly, because it makes you better by not having to wear so many hats. That's good. That's a big message. Yeah, it's you can't do everything. And if you try to do everything, you're going to do nothing well. And so you have to focus. And it doesn't mean you can't do multiple things. I think for me personally, it's good to be going choosy. in you know, to 2024, I realize I've worn too many hats and some of the hats I don't even like anymore. So I'm just ready to burn them, not even hang them up. I just want to burn them and just move on. So I'm excited to do that for 2024. Good deal. Yeah. Well, thanks for being here. You looked like a stud. Well, thank you. You're sexy. <laughs> <laughs>